What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Chicken Tender Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Adam, how's it going, sir? Oh, Graham, it's going pretty well. Pretty well. You know, it's just fantastic to see you. Yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. It's been, what, two days? A couple days. We, we just got back from our Atlanta Zone retreat up uh, to the Adirondacks. Yeah. Lake Placid, if you will. can't remember who I was talking to recently. I think that was my cousin. I told him we were going to the Adirondacks, and he thought it was, like, somewhere out west, which is probably reasonable. That's fair. That, that's a name, like, I don't associate with upstate New York, but I've only been to upstate New York twice in 32 years, so... I was staring at the Adirondacks when we went on that hike on our last day there, and I couldn't remember the name of the mountains that I was standing in. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I've just got most of my brains just used for Atlanta sports knowledge. Right. There's only so much capacity that we have in our brains. I'm not a geography guy. Like, I I feel like my sense of direction is okay, but I'm not going to remember all these places I've been. So here's a question for you. Is, Is Russia in the east or the west? That would be the East. Correct. I had to think about that too for a second. All right, so that's your geography lesson for the day. And now, do so we need to fact check that? No, that's true. So next to China, because right? I was thinking about, it, I was like, I remember this article uh, that uh, some Putin interview or something, or not an interview, but it's like I don't know, someone was writing about Putin and he was talking about the West, this, the West, that. So that made me think, okay, Russia is in the East. If you walk east, you'll eventually get there. If you walk west, you'll eventually get there, Graham. Get to Russia? Sure. Unless you're... Oh, I guess, yeah. Un- unless, the, you're the flat, earth, the earth unless you're a flat earth. Right. I, yeah, yeah. You don't know my personal beliefs on this. That's subject. a good point. Yeah. That is way too political. Way too political. It's not a political show. I apologize. I'm not a flat earther, though, for the record. Let's dive into some Atlanta professional sports. All right, Greg. yeah. For the three people that didn't turn off their uh, devices at this point, this inane conversation. Yes, let's jump into some Atlanta sports. What we're paid to do, Adam. All right. Let's talk about uh, your Atlanta Braves. Maybe we need to go out of town more often, Adam. The Braves are kicking ass. The Braves never lose. The Braves never lose! As Frank the Tank Frank says. The, yeah. So, took three or four from the Mets. Huge series. Series that would, if you lose it, if you had lost three or four, you're probably your division hopes are gone. But took three or four from the Mets. Should have taken four or four from the Mets if it weren't for some shitty bullpen management, I think, by Brian Snicker. Slash... A somewhat bad start, but I think it was Oda Rizzi that night. I can't remember. But regardless, you won the series three or four. Excellent. You take two or three from Houston. Also excellent. You sweep the shit out of the Pittsburgh Pirates, including a 14-2 victory where Matt Olson hit a grand slam into the damn river. And then you destroyed the St. Louis Cardinals last night. I mean, absolutely destroyed them 11-4. It wasn't even that close. It was like 11-1 before the Cardinals added some runs in garbage time there in the, the bottom of the ninth. So the Braves are looking good. The rotation is fantastic. The bullpen's been great. Rosio Iglesias and Robbie Grossman have been huge contributors. Um, and Adam, not only that, but Marcelo Zuna was arrested again, and we know what happened last year when that happened. World Series. World Series. Yeah, it's not even big news. Like, if anything, I saw he was arrested, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's going to be so much easier for him to be cut, which still hasn't happened, which is pretty wild. Well, what I was really surprised at, he started to be benched. Remember, I went on that huge rant, like, why did Marcelo join a bench? And then once again, the Braves listened to me. And then he gets a DUI driving to Norcross. Which, what are you doing 
going out partying until three in the morning when you're playing a first place baseball team that same day, you know, just shows a lack of commitment. But it's like also just the fact that he's got what a forty eight million dollar contract, right? That the only bad, well, not the only one, but obviously the the worst move Anthopolis has made so far, right? But, but we like, talked like about we discussed, it was the right decision. It was the right decision. But anyway, uh, he could probably afford a driver. Yes. An Uber. If you can afford an Uber, he can afford an Uber. Exactly. If I can afford it, he can afford it. Exactly. If, uh, if, if Jet the dog here can afford an Uber, then Marcel is in a, can afford an Uber. For but Christ just sake. really dumb. But it's – so he started – I think he's played one game since that happened. He was booed a lot. And he's told the cops. He was like, I was going to the party. I was going to the club. Apparently, or something like that. So I, I heard him say, "I'm Ozuna." I'm from Ozuna the from the Braves. He showed him their ML, his MLB like ID or something, as if that's going to get you off. Yeah. Although you know what, if you're screwed, you might as well pull out the big guns, I guess. Go for it. But it is, it is sad because you know we go back to the, the domestic violence thing last year, and now now this DUI thing this year, and it's clearly this this guy's a troubled soul, for sure. So on a human level, it is sad. Um, what's happening to him on a baseball level? You know, it's it's also it's all his decisions. Yeah, it's 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 like even if I feel some sympathy for him, it's also like I can't just sit here and be like, oh, this was out of Marcel's control, poor guy. It's something like that. It's just like this guy's got some problems, man. Yeah, he's got some demons he's fighting. Yeah. So, but so let's the, talk about the good. Let's talk about the good. Yeah. So like Von, fifteen of seventeen, I believe. We've won right now. Yeah. I want to talk. I want to highlight the Adam. We highlighted the rookies that have made the big impact, right? The Spencer Striders, who had another excellent start last night. Uh, Von Grissom, Michael Harris, obviously. So, yeah, let's talk about the guys that have come over, Adam. We've talked about the rookies. We've talked about Michael Harris, Von Grissom, Spencer Strider, who had another excellent start the night before. But let's talk about Iglesias and Robbie Grossman in particular. Iglesias, uh, since coming over, 0.93 ERA, 0.83 whip, and 11 appearances. Um, eight strikeouts in nine and two-thirds innings, and uh, none of the inherited runners that uh, he's had to deal with have come around to score. It's been pretty lights out. Locked down, yeah. yeah. very big contributor to stabilizing the bullpen. Robbie Grossman, on the other hand, we talked about how much he uh, sucked with Detroit, but that he was going to mash uh, – what was it, right-handed pitching or left-handed pitching? Well, he's a switch hitter, Graham. Well, he's a switch hitter. But he was, you know, we talked about it this year. I didn't realize that till this weekend. Yeah, but this year... Shows what I know. He was doing great against lefties, but terrible against right-handers. But since going to the Braves, Adam, he's been excellent in 54 plate appearances, sitting 259 with a 344 on base percentage, 407 slugging percentage, and two home runs, 10 revised, and a stolen base. You know, he's been... More than advertised, apparently he visited with Kevin Seitzer, and they discovered a bunch of things that he was doing wrong when he was facing. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember if he's good against lefties or righties. When he was facing uh, right-handers, and they worked on that, and within a week and a half or so, he started to hit the ball again against against right-handers. He's having an excellent uh, streak here with with the Braves, and I know like two fifty nine, three forty four, four hundred seven isn't anything to be like, oh my god, what a great player, but. It's big. One through nine, your lineup is tough now. There's there there's no weak links. Marcelo Zuna is, is benched. You know the the lineup last night, which was Acuna, Swanson, Riley, Olson, Darno, Contreras, Grissom, Harris, Grossman. One through nine, that's a bitch to deal with, and especially your seven eight hitters. 
They're hot as hell. Like there, there's no. Well, the seven, eight, nine is like sometimes the best part of our lineup. Yeah, like, no, uh, exactly. no matter who's down there. When it was Michael Harris batting ninth, now yeah. it's Grossman yeah. every day. Like it's like Grossman's the biggest drop off in the lineup, and he's still a, a very solid contributor. Well, he puts and, good at bats together. man. That's what I'm saying, though. It's like he's probably your worst guy in the lineup, but he's not bad. He makes you battle. Yeah, he's he's been great, and these adjustments that sites are continues to make with these guys that come over here and within like a week or two they've figured their shit out like remember they did the same thing with michael harris when he came up discovered discovered some holes in his swing within a, two weeks he was crushing the ball so we either have i mean i think we got to give sites or credit we got to give like our saber metrics department i'm sure yes. like the film guys the have planned that a lot but like you, like you look at it left and right like like you said grossman and harris last year it was jock solaire Duvall, all come here, start raking. This year, they're all on different teams, not doing very good. Jock was good in the first half. But Except I, Duvall. Well, Duvall, yeah, yeah, I mean, he had a rough start here anyway. Sure. But, like, then again, you look at Jesse Chavez. He's been on three different teams this year. He was great with us. We traded him. He's been terrible with the Angels. Like, there's something about our culture, our clubhouse, our coaching staff yeah. that, like, it's not just a fluke that these guys are excelling here and not – other places yeah but i think um also it comes down to the individual wanting to put in the effort like you we were talking about marcelo zuna earlier he's been terrible for two years now there's got to be you know if you're having the same good hitting coach the same good analytics and film people etc cetera, etc cetera, it also comes down to the guy putting in the work and uh figuring it out marcelo zuna i don't know if he hasn't put in the work but he hasn't figured it out well i mean based off his actions going out to norcross at right. 3 a.m yeah Game day. Yeah, probably. Guess the work ethic's not 100% there. Probably not. So, overall, though, I mean, the Braves are right in the hunt with the Mets. 79-48. The Mets are 81-46. The Braves are two games back as of this recording. And I got to say, I think it's going to come down to next week, Adam. The Mets play a four-game set against the L.A. Dodgers. And I can't remember who we're playing, but we got we got a cream puff. We got a cream puff schedule pretty much for the uh, the rest of the year, just about, except for when we do play the uh, the Mets. So we play the Rockies the same time that the um, Dodgers are playing the Mets. So like now, like this is the time. It's time now. If you do not take the division now, it's all going to come down to when we play uh, the Mets in that end of the year series, September 30th through October 2nd. So this is the time to do it. The only other good teams we play, honestly, is like, Seattle, Philly twice, and and the Mets, and that's it. Like we don't really have any other hard teams. Like so many other, you know, San Francisco's done. Oakland's the worst team in baseball. Nationals suck. We play the Nationals twice, and we also played the Marlins twice. So it's like it's really the Mets and the Mariners are like the only like two really hard series we have. And the Mets also have a really easy schedule after the Dodgers series. So now is the time you got to catch them next week. Yeah. I th- yeah, we got to beat them head to head, obviously, but possible sweep jobs because of their easy schedule. Yes. Um, going back to that lineup you're talking about there, Graham, mm. it is crazy. You know, just the fact that defending world champions, we have three like just stud rookies on the team. That is very rare. Normally, that's like the A's are supposed to have three good rookies. Right. But have you ever seen two different players come up in the same season? 
that only played like I think Grissom played 22 games in Double A, and then Harris like 45 or something. Have you ever seen anything like that two times that happened in the same year? No, I mean don't don't forget about Strider either. He never pitched in. Right. He maybe pitched one day in Triple A. Right. It's but, insane. But it's not so right at the lineup you named last night. Only four of the guys in that lineup were in our lineup last year for the World Series winning team. Right. And, like, I think this team's better than last year's team, don't you? I would argue that they are. I think, I think the, it's an easy argument. I think the rotation's better. The bullpen might not be quite as good, but it's still really good. That's saying so. That's not disrespect to the bullpen this year. I just think the bullpen last year was, like, a lockdown. But you also— Because Will Smith was the closer? Because Will Smith was the closer. But it was more about, like, Jackson and Matzik were just so great last year. And now— this year, it's kind of like Glacius, um, Dylan Lee. You know, oh, I know he struggled a little yeah, bit recently, little bit, but he's yeah. been great overall. Yeah, uh, Glacius Jansen has been really good. Mentor has been unstoppable for the most part. You know, I know he hit a couple bumps in the road, but the bullpen's great. The rotation is much better, and the lineup is overall better too. I would say now, especially without Ozuna and these young kids, just providing so much. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the Braves are at a point now where. They got hit in the mouth. We, we they got hit in the mouth during that Mets series that we lost when we were in uh, Flushing, and uh, they they responded. Ever since then, they just kicked ass. They're beating everybody. They haven't lost a series since that since uh, losing four or five to the Mets. So it's it's like I think the Braves are doing about as well as anybody in baseball. Maybe with the exception of the the Dodgers are kind of unstoppable right now, but I think the Braves can beat anyone. They can beat anyone. And they're proving a lot of people were saying, well, they're not beating anyone that's any good. You take back to back series from the New York Mets and the Astros, you're you're doing something I mean, right. The Cardinals have just won eight in a row. The Cardinals are also first place in the division. We stomped on them. Yeah, and we crushed them last night. And we, we should win that series. So it's like it's looking good, man. The Braves are in a really, really, really good spot. So let's let's talk Ozzy Albies. He's he's about to do rehab, I believe. He's been doing batting practice. What do you do? Are you going to throw the kid into left field? Throw uh, throw Grissom into left field? No. Yeah. So here here's where it, it, I think the whole Marcelo Zuna DFA situation might happen soon. Because the roster does expand, I think, to 28 people in September. It's no longer like 40 or whatever it was like when you had all the September call-ups. That's not a thing anymore. Um, unfortunately, I always used to like that a lot. But you're going to you're going to have to make some decisions. And, you know, R.C. is probably going to come back. Is R.C. going to come back at some point? He's he's doing rehab tonight. Right, so I'm sure he's going to come back. It looks like Ozzy Albies is going to come back September-ish, sometime in September. Soroka, baby. Soroka could potentially come back. we got to talk about him in a second. But you're going to get Ozzy Albies, Soroka, potentially. But you're definitely getting Ozzy Albies back. You're probably going to get Arcia back. Then you could have Soroka. You DFA Marcelo Zuna. You eat the money. There's no reason the Braves can't eat this money at him. There's, there's, there's no reason why they can't eat this money because they're making so much money at the battery. They made so much money last year. Uh, they're making a, they're going to have over 3 million uh, people in attendance this year. There's no excuse to say, you know, if this was like, you know, 10 years ago and you're like, I'm going to eat that $48 million contract might be a difficult discussion to have. You have no excuse now. You can eat it. Well, move on. Not to mention we have all these just amazing contracts with locking in Michael Harris, locking in Riley, Locking in Acuna, Ozzy. It's like, we can afford this one albatross. Yeah. Yeah, and you're going to have your missteps along the way. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen, is that Ozzy's going to come back. He's probably going to DH. 
I mean, I see. I think him and and Vaughn are going to go back and forth with the DH. Contreras will also, you know, will DH at times as well. You can't throw Vaughn into left field. You can't do it. Why not? He hasn't done it, and to do that during a major league season, I think, is a really would be a really bad decision. You were you were an advocate against it last week. I don't remember what I say from week to week. I mean, you do look at him though. He's got he's got the body of an outfielder versus an infielder. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just saying if he hasn't done it at the major, even in the minor league if they, level, if they've tried, they tried a Contreras Contreras out there for a couple of games. They've tried Arcia. Like this kid is more of an athlete than either of them. Obviously, it sure. could be done. It can be done. I just don't know. imagine that lineup. Sure, without with, plug in Ozzy for Grossman. Yeah, holy Toledo. Yeah, no, it'd be. Be great. I just yeah. don't know if it's realistic defensively. But um, here's another thing: is yeah. it necessary to get all those bats in there? You know, like we're so good. Yeah, I mean, the good news is if someone else uh, is injured, the depth is a good thing. To have. Yeah, God forbid you have good depth. So, you know, that's what's going on with with the Braves. And let's talk about Soroka though. He's looking good at him. He's gonna. Um, he had a good start in in single A. Struck out like eight guys. Got hit around a little bit in his last AAA start. And then gave it three or four runs. But I think it's more about building up his endurance and the actual results. But it's still encouraging to see him going out there pitching without any any health concerns after the two Achilles tears. Yeah, good for him. He, he goes again tonight. And, you know, I think if if he looks like he did, granted that was against single-A kids, but, like, the stuff was there. Yeah. Like, he looked like Mike Soroka. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to hesitate to find a spot for him. No, in, in September, and who the hell knows? Maybe October. Hey, it'll be interesting to see how that works because Odorizzi finally had a good start against the Pirates, but he would, you know, if if Soroka is pitching up to a high level, obviously Odorizzi becomes the odd man out goes to the bullpen. But either way, you have hopefully a, a good Mike Soroka coming in here, and then you have Ozzy Alves coming back. And we don't know how they're going to perform once they get here, but. We know the pedigree of those guys. So, great problems to have. Absolutely. And I, I keep getting excited. I'm, every time I watch Strider pitch, I'm getting closer and closer to pitch him game one. Oh. He's got the playoff stuff, man. But you got to go freed. We have so many good options, though. It's like Kyle Wright has to be in there, too. Kyle Wright absolutely has to be in there. And if you give a shit about... Morton um, might be your game four starter at this point. Morton, yeah. I mean, like... Here's something I hope they don't do, which would be a repeat of the mistake they did with Keuchel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know about that one, Greg. No, but it's something that goes beyond. I'm not a golf coach. It's a veteran. No, well, it's, it's... We've had this argument. We've had this argument, but it's also... There's, there's Are you trying st- to say something different, but yes. I keep interrupting you? Yes. Okay. So we know Keuchel got two starts in the 2019 NLDS against St. Louis. We're all aware. We also know that he had a really bad road ERA, but they pitched him on the road despite that. Morton has the same issue on the road this year. 5.08 ERA away compared to a 3.07 ERA at home. If you're going to use him the postseason, use him at home. You cannot pitch him on the road. You cannot. He's, he's had bad starts all year on the road. You can't do it. Guaranteed lost? Pretty much the way he pitches, man. So I, I really well. I I looked. So he's pitching tonight in St. Louis. I look forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, but I I don't like. This is this is fresh. Morton's like the last guy I'm penciling. Like he's the last guy. Odorizzi would be the last guy. But like, you know, it's to me, it's 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 freed 
Wright and Strider are your NLD or hell your wild card. If we are in the wild card round, those are your your guys you're using. You're well, not you're not even fucking with Charlie Moore. Well, it gets, I mean that that's why winning the division is so important because if you have to say you have to play three wild card games, then the next division you've got your number four starter going up against their number one. Right. You're completely at a disadvantage. So, I mean, that that's why it's good that, you know, Charlie Morton has the potential to throw it a gem, you know? Oh, yeah. It's not like we're throwing some bum out no, there against Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, but I would I would not pitch Charlie in those. If I am in the wild card round, I'm not pitching him unless it's a long, like some uh, Kyle Wright blows up for some reason. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Good, like you said, good problems to have. Sure. And, but um, there needs to be a pecking order established with rotation. Those three guys, then Morton, then Odorizzi right now. That's that's the way it is. Yeah, I know. I heard that. I didn't look at the box score, but I heard that Ian Anderson got shelled last he night. He got crushed, apparently. Yeah, That's not good. I don't think Ian Anderson will factor into the rest of the season. It's just not his year. It's not his year. Hopefully he figures it out. He's very young. I don't think he's 25 yet. He uh, fact, no, he certainly factors into our future. Yes, but maybe it's just, you know, remember like A.J. Minner. And um, I can't remember what year that was. Kyle Wright last year. Or, excuse me, Luke Jackson in 2020 sucked. Comes back 2021, much better pitcher. Nope. You have your up and down years sometimes. That's pretty much what's going on with the Braves. Unless, oh, we did not, the Michael Harris contract extension happened after our last episode. It, was, it came out like, uh, you know, it was true to Atlanta. Fucking day we put out the episode, Michael Harris contract extension is announced. So we have to talk about that for a second. Great deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like another, I'm surprised other teams aren't doing this yet, but it's got to be coming. The uh, Ash, or excuse me, Seattle did that with uh, Julio Rodriguez. They they did the same thing. Did Rookie like a, season, just lock him. They up. did like a twelve million, or not? Excuse me, twelve million, twelve year. It was like two hundred million, but it can be up to like four hundred or if some he stays crap for like, like twenty years yeah. or something like that. Something so insane, kind of similar, but like yeah, I mean you gotta. I'm sure all these kids talk as well, and you know Michael Harris would have been making like six hundred grand for another couple of years, and it's got to go through arbitration and right, boom, just like that, he's making five six million. So a it's year. an eight year, seventy two million dollar deal. He's getting paid five million for the next two years, eight million for the two years after that, nine million, ten million, ten million, twelve million, a fifteen million dollar club option, a twenty million dollar club option after that, and that's in twenty thirty two. So. Even if his offense just drops off the face of the planet, let's say he goes through a sophomore slump, a la Jason Hayward offensively, you're still paying $5 million a year for the next two seasons for elite defense. It is not going to break your 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 uh, your payroll if he doesn't perform as well as you would like offensively for whatever reason because the defense isn't going away. This is another steal by Alex Anthopoulos completely. And I love the fact that he believes that Harris has shown him enough to reward him with this deal as well. I mean, the best thing that ever happened to this organization was uh, Coppolella getting caught cheating. For real, because imagine that. If Coppolella doesn't get caught for cheating, Anthopolis doesn't come here, we hire Bud Black. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Coppy wanted to fire yeah, Snicker. Yeah, Snicker was like, if he doesn't fire me, I'm quitting. Yeah. So. it's. I mean... Anthopoulos, he's going to be a damn Hall of Fame GM. It's possible, especially if they win in another World Series during his tenure. He definitely will be. Um, it's, yeah, it's exciting to have all these young yeah. guys locked down. And I, I'm also just so excited about these playoffs coming up. There's like, especially the NL, it's like Braves, Dodgers, Mets, 
Phillies are good. Phillies They're are exciting. Again. Um, the Cardinals, Card- like yeah. a lot of really good teams good, out there right now. Good crop of teams, but, in but we can hang with any of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're cut. We're the champs, Graham. We are the champs. I don't know if you forgot. Yeah, I think you forgot. With They're that coming for us. Yeah, yeah, they are coming for us. I figured you might have forgotten because you don't have any World Series gear for some reason. I'm, I'm saving all my money for the 2023. 2023. So we're not going to win it this year. It's 2022 currently. Yes. Got it. This year yeah. and next year. And next year. Okay. Yeah. So if we win it this year, you'll save it for the three peat. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you'll buy World Series gear whenever we don't win the World Series. I think is what you're going to do. Oh, like the the off brand stuff that was printed out for the losing team. Oh, not even that. I'm just saying, like, if we don't win the World Series this year, you'll finally buy some 2021 gear, yep. kind of thing. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Hopefully, we go on like a seven year World Series run, and you don't buy any World Series gear. I, I would I would appreciate that. But you know what the thing is, Adam, I was thinking about this yesterday. I can't complain about anything for like 10 years, sports-related. I mean, if we bow out in the first round of the playoffs and Snitker starts Charlie Morton game one. Right. I mean, you can— Oh, com- but you're just saying just for the fact that we got a World Series. Yeah, like, I can complain about that. You've always said that's, that's all I've ever wanted. Right. So, like, you can complain about that, but you can't, like, feel—you can't complain too much. You it's like when the Patriots aren't good. It's like, right. Like last year they lost to the Bills. It's like, oh, shucks. Relax. Oh, oh, gee willikers. You've you had know? your time. Or as opposed to like when we lost to the Cardinals a few years ago, I was like, no! You know, like yeah. screaming and going postal and yeah. running my head through a wall, calling you an idiot at a bar when we were down 10 to 1. Yeah, I don't think that was yeah. <laughs> the healthiest way to live. Not my finest hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of our like two major fights. Yeah. What was the other one? I don't remember. We'll have to think on that. Okay. I remember just thinking, this fucker. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm done, Graham. Oh, uh, Lord. Well, that's your, that's your Braves report. And we will take a quick break before we talk Falcons to hear a word from our friends from DraftKings. Football fans, join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers Football, the first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFL Players Association. Now you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player card NFTs of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, just like daily fantasy football. Build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers football contests all season long to compete for millions in prizes. The next generation of fantasy sports is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Sign up with promo code TPPN. Click the Rainmakers tile and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions in prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers football. The promo code is TPPN. Build, play, win. Only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent on type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, Adam. Time to talk about your favorite subject, the Atlanta Falcons, who just false started in the preseason game we're watching right now against the Jaguars at their own house with about 400 people in attendance. Yeah, what do you think those tickets were going for? $12. I hope. I really hope, like... Upper deck seats are like 20 bucks or less. Like, they should not be more than that. They should just give them away. They should. 
let people in the building. I would rather honestly have higher concession prices than higher ticket prices. I know Arthur Blank made such a big deal about that when Mercedes-Benz Stadium was like, here's a shitty hot dog for $2. It's like, I don't really care. I just want to go to the game. Yeah, I was I was making this argument with an Uber driver a couple weeks ago who was like saying how great Arthur Blank is for that. I was like, he also did PSLs, though, and the tickets went way up. Like, yeah. It's a marketing ploy. Right. No, totally. It's like it's to distract you from the fact that the ticket prices are, are uh, getting spiked. You know, it was really funny. It was like that one year. It was a year after we went to the Super Bowl. And I was talking to – I remember I talked to you about like splitting PSLs. I was like, we're going to go to the Super Bowl this year, man. Let's get season tickets. And it was going to cost like I think $1,200 plus like $800 more or something. Like the seats were going to be like $890 in the upper deck. And then the PSL itself is going to be like 1000 or something. And I was like, you could split that between two people reasonably. To a degree, yeah, it's not terrible, but it's also like, why can't it just be a thousand bucks as opposed to eighteen ninety or two thousand or whatever? Like, so what the hell? Eighteen ninety for eight home games, two hundred thirty six bucks a game. Yeah, although little, I guess the PSL you're paying for that up front, so as the like next year you wouldn't have to pay that again. I, I guess I don't know how it all works, but I was like, I just feel like I'm getting. Uh, I was about to say Shawshanked, but that's not the right right term. It's like the ticket dude. It, it's the Ticketmaster like surcharge. Yes, it's like Conven- processing processing fee, fee convenience fee, whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah. It's just to like someone needs to pay for this stadium, so let's uh, PSLs. Yeah, that's Very really gone well so far. Woof. Um, but all right, Adam, about the team on the field lost the game on Monday night to the Jets. Uh, there was a big in the first quarter catch. I think you missed when I was watching it. 52-yard pass to Kyle Pitts from Mariota. That was just on the freaking money. Kind of got you a little excited. And then nothing else really exciting happened for the rest of the game overall. Um, Falcons lost, I think, 24-13, 24-16. The score is irrelevant. Um, they didn't look as as uh, as good as they did against um, the Lions. But, you know, they still played hard. They had a lot more penalties. They had uh, freaking 13 penalties for 121 yards, which was disgusting. And, you know, this is a problem on both sides of the of the, uh, the ball. And, it, it, you know, it was like um, it was another preseason game. Your boy Bernhardt had another, another good game, 67 yards um, on three catches. Yeah, this Bernhardt kid's legit. This is the undrafted rookie receiver. Uh Apparently, he was one of the best lacrosse players in whatever division lacrosse he was playing. And he was also a quarterback for one year in college as well. And, you know, it wasn't Division One or anything like that. But, like, his first – he's just an athlete. Like, his first game as quarterback, uh, he had seven touchdowns and took this team to a national championship in that division. Mm-hmm. Like, his only year playing quarterback. And he just, he just looks like – I would be very surprised if he doesn't make the team. Yeah, like, I no, feel like he's almost a lock at this no, point. No, he should be. I mean, he he made the huge touchdown game-winning catch against Detroit, and then he leads the team in, in receiving yards the next game. Um, I think he's got to make the team. And, you know, you think about it, too, where you have a um, receiving core of, of, of him, Brian Edwards, and London as your, as your top three receivers. It's not bad. So... I say, Z- why not? Zacchaeus is in there. Zacchaeus pits, can be a fourth receiver or a third receiver. Trades off with with, with Burkhart. Um, 
Didn't see London um, in the last game. I don't think he's playing today either, so hopefully he's ready to go for, for week one against New Orleans. The good news is, though, Adam, even though that the um, this is the last preseason game of the year that we're playing right now against uh, Jacksonville, the season doesn't start till September 11th, so Falcons get, you know, another, what, two weeks to get their shit together? Yeah. Yeah. Another two weeks to get their shit together, so... Um, there would probably be, um, and then the roster gets cut down. Um, I think it got, got, got cut down to 80 on Tuesday, uh, this Tuesday, and then it has to get cut down to like 52, 54, something like that on, um, I think next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. So a lot of roster decisions, uh, to be made, but I think guys like D Alford, and guys like Jared Bernhardt have solidified themselves in the roster. Alfred had another really good good game. He had that big interception in the in the game against Detroit. Um, had a pass. Uh, he showed sort of a nice multifacetedness in his play. Uh, he had a big tackle to prevent a first down in the game against the Jets. Had a couple of pass deflections. Um, so it's good to see him like you know making good tackles and continuing to be a uh, pest out there in the secondary. So th- this guy's gonna ma- he should make the team for sure. I think as well. Yeah, something interesting to watch out for that we see him playing right now is Deion Jones is back. Deion Jones is back. I did not expect that. We turned on the pregame show and they were talking about Deion Jones and he was getting interviewed and stuff. I was like, oh shit! All right, here he is. So that's got to upgrade your linebacking core a little bit, even if he's not what he was. Um, he's got to earn his job, though. I mean, you got the rookie Troy Anderson. He's obviously going to make the team. Dorian is Etheridge, he playing at all? He, he he played last week. I, haven't, I didn't see him at all when I watched. He got a good run last week. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to get some time today. Rashawn Evans, uh, Kwiatkowski, need to learn how to pronounce that name as well. Michael Walker is a clear starter. Right. So it's a, a pretty crowded linebacker room, but you would think that Deion Jones can sneak his way in there. Well, I would think. I mean. Making, what, he, making the most money on the team. Yeah, he's making the most money, and he's also still – even though we talked a lot of shit about him recently, he's still a, a competent linebacker. And, you know, we don't know how competent some of these other guys are. So at the very least, he gives you a little bit of an, uh, an edge there, even though, it's, even though it might not be much of an edge. Um, Grady didn't play last week. He didn't play this week. I don't really care about that. As long as Grady's healthy, that's really all that matters. Um, you know, today's another day for, you know, time to, to, to see what the, the young guys can do. Um, Ritter threw an interception in this game. Right off the bat, first play. But, you know. He's also throwing a touchdown. He's also throwing a touchdown. To Allegier. I mean, that, that running back competition is going to be interesting as I well. I think Allegier might, w- he might win the damn job. Well, it's going to be Patterson. They said Patterson might, you know, play a, play receiver more this year. So it's like, who's going to be your, and that sort of maybe invalidates what we were saying earlier about the receiving core. We don't really know how the receiving core is going to shape up. Patterson's but still going to get plenty of playoffs. He's going to get back. His, he's going to get his carries, but who's going to be the other guy to get the majority? Damian of carries? Williams. He's the Bears running back. Sure, that, like that. I mean, I rather and see then Algier, guy. and then you got Allison as well. That's why I don't know if like Allison has turned some heads this preseason. I hope he makes the team, but you know, Algier is going to be the one that they want to feed the most. Well, yeah, I would think. Yeah, he's a rookie and what twenty three touchdowns for BYU last year. Um, he looks good. I mean, um, and the Jets game didn't really make a lot of um, headway. Only had 17 yards on six carries, so that's averaging, what, like two and a half yards a carry. Not great, but he also had three, caught three passes for 12 yards. So he got nine touches, 
and uh, got a touchdown today. So he's showing that he can run. He's showing that he can pass or pass. He's showing that he can be a receiver out of the backfield. He's also showing, um, like you mentioned in the show last week, that he's um, had a big that big block to set up that touchdown to Bernhardt. So um, he's gonna get. He's gonna make the team. He's gonna get his fair share of of looks. I think in the early, early part of the season. You cool with uh, Mariota officially being named the starter? Yeah, that's how it should be. I don't want to put Desmond Ritter behind this offensive line. He's going to, like I've been saying for months, he will get his confidence destroyed, especially when you're playing against really good. So you don't want him to play at all this year? Not saying no play at all. I'm saying I don't want him to start the season. I don't want all that pressure put on him immediately. I just don't think that's a good idea. I think he should be certainly taking reps with the first team whenever he can. Um, I think he should be ready to go if, if Mariota sucks. But I also don't want to just thrust him into this role where he has to be the man immediately. I just don't think that's a good idea, especially for a team that is going to suck this year. It is cool hearing some of the uh, the national guys kind of throwing praise at him and just being like, "Holy sure. shit, this could actually like be a really good yeah. third round draft could, pick." Like this guy's, yeah. I think he was what was he like ten of thirteen or thirteen mm-hmm. of sixteen, something like something that. Like that. Yeah. Uh, last week, and like he's just making smart w- reads. Like this is a guy who. He's played on the biggest stage in college football, you know, first first ever non what non uh, BCS whatever the we don't know college football. We don't know college football. But he, he went to Cincinnati, <laughs> the second tier yeah. of teams to make the playoffs. You know, played Alabama a couple times, performed well. So the stage isn't going to be too big for him. No, it's it's different than you know some guy who just played. One year that kind of broke out a little bit and then gets drafted early. Right, like this guy. This guy's grizzled. Sure, but he's still young. He still hasn't proven anything. And playing in college football playoff while great is nothing compared to playing in the in the NFL. And you're playing on a rebuilding team with a shitty offensive line. You do not want to destroy your your rookie quarterback's confidence. But you got. But you got to know what you have this year. You do. I'm not saying don't play him. I'm just saying don't play him for the first four or five games. Unless Mariota's just god awful, then you your hand is kind of forced. Right. Or if what if we're five and zero, Bo? For five and zero, then obviously you keep Mariota in the fucking lineup and you try. How to excited are you going to be if we start five and zero? I'll be very excited to pay you that fifty dollars. I think we beat the Saints week one. I don't think so. I think uh, are we play that game. Is that game at home or is it is it in New Orleans? Is the question. But you know what? I kind of hope it's in New Orleans because we have no home field advantage in in Atlanta. The amount of people that are in the stadium today might not be too far off from the amount of people in the stadium on a regular regular basis this season. It's at home. It is at home. So I guess that's good, but whatever. I don't know. I who knows if we if we beat the damn Saints or not. But we'll all be watching, that's for sure. And like I said, Adam, last like I said on the show last week, I'm just looking for progress. I'm looking for progress. I don't really care about the win loss total. All we need is progression from these young guys. That's it. Show me that you can play at this level and you contribute when it actually does matter. It's football time. It's football time. Kind of bummed there's a week off between. Like, I was ready to start this up next week. Oh, start the season? Yeah. It's not just one week, Adam. It's damn two weeks. I know. It's a week off from here. Yeah. Very unfair. Sad. So, I think that wraps up our show, unless you have any uh, Atlanta United news you want to talk about or any other Falcon stuff. I think that about covers it. I, I was waiting for you're supposed to do hours of research and just 
Give me something that just blows my just mind blows this week. Didn't really see anything. Didn't happen? Nah. Nothing jumped out? Nothing jumped out. All right. That's okay, Graham. One of these days, I'll, uh, I'll get back to that. All right. That, that's it, folks. We'll see you next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality. Hospitality.